Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. Now we've been talking about the problem out there in the quartz countertop industry and it's getting banned in Australia. And so that has become a big deal. And some of the part of the deal that we're running into here is workers, of course, getting hurt like we were talking about with silicosis. But the problem they're running into is that they're going after engineered stone, which is typically 90% or higher of silica compared to geez even some of the stuff that's jam-packed with it is 45 percent or less and then you're dealing with some of the sintered or the what they call the slab porcelain that- when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home there is a lot to know but we got you covered this is around the house welcome to the around the house show this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education thanks for joining us today Man, it's been a crazy week here in Portland. We were making the national news, and especially my little city here on the outskirts as we had hundreds of trees down. It was definitely funny that I had just done a whole show about being ready for natural disasters, and here we are with a state of emergency and everything else, and it worked out pretty well. So you always learn a few little things. I'll call it a 90%er. It was nice to be ready and then to be able to go around and help my neighbors out and make sure that they were in good hands as well. If you want to be a part of the show or if you have a question, you're taking on a home improvement project, you can always give me a call at 833-239-4144. 839-239-4144. Today, we are going to take on a heavy subject here, but it's something that you might not have heard of, and it's something that's happening down in Australia. But usually when these things happen, they work their way here, so it's a great time to talk about it. And the question is, are quartz countertops going to be the next asbestos-containing material type thing? And no, I'm not saying the quartz countertops have asbestos, but is it going to be the next thing that everybody freaks out about and has an issue with? Let's first start about what's going on down in Australia. So Australia will become the first country to ban engineered stone countertops. Who will follow is the question. And this is from The Guardian. There's a bunch of different stories out there. This one seemed to be to be written really well from a Australian perspective that I wanted to hear. So really what we're getting into, there was an Australian worker who was working in a stone fabrication shop that developed silicosis, which is a debilitating lung disease in 2015. And so they figured out where it came from. So all of a sudden, get to 2023 and Everybody pushed together, and as of July 1, 2024, all of those countertops are going to be banned. All of the quartz countertops are going to be banned in Australia. They said it's too hard for the people to work with it, and to be honest, that's not the way I would look at it, but that's their opinion, and Australia has the right to do that. But this is interesting. So, There are, in Australia, just as an example, there are about 10,000 stonemasons in Australia that work with it and 100,000 in the U.S. And so there's a lot of people working with the product. And so that's what they're talking about. And so here's what's happening is you're seeing 
companies that are using this and machining it in a dry fashion. And I'm talking about them sitting there, not with water, but just dry cutting it. And the employees are getting silicosis. So all of a sudden in Australia, they realized all of a sudden that we're seeing that silicosis climbing there, kind of like what we saw with asbestos after asbestos was used and stuff. And now they're jumping in to really start to curb this. And the way they're going to do it is they're going to ban the product. And between 2010 and Australia, actually, no, sorry, there was a study here. Largest U.S. study in the material released in July found silicosis has claimed lives of several stonemasons. And a lot of them were in California and you're seeing it in Texas, but now it's climbing. The best estimate based off, and now this is from the US, University of California, uh, they're saying that their best estimate based off the data in the US and Australia is that probably 15 to 20% of the people that work in the field have silicosis or will develop it. So they're trying to fight through this. Now, here's where I think the issue is. And I think what the big issue is, is that we've seen lazy practices by stone fabrication shops worldwide. And now let me explain what lazy practices are, because this is a big deal. What we're seeing out there is people dry cutting this material. And so what's happening is they're getting out there with grinders, they're cutting it, there's no water involved, they're not wearing dust masks. They are consuming this stuff into their lungs, and it's causing some serious health issues. And if you've ever seen anybody out trying to cut this stuff, you'll understand it is like a cloud of dust. And the problem is, is this dust comes into your lungs and causes significant damage. Now, there are hundreds to thousands, and I don't know the numbers, but I'm going to say thousands of stone fabrication shops out there that are doing this product the right way. They're using water. They're using machinery. They're not cutting on the job site with a dry saw out and creating a cloud of dust. And they're doing a pretty good job of dealing with everything wet so that their employees don't receive any of these issues. And that's the right way to do it. But the problem is is that you've got lazy people out there that are continuing to dry cut. If I walk into a good stone fabrication shop, they've got a CNC machine, they've got a beam saw, they've got a water jet, they've got things to cut the materials correctly. But the problem is, and they've got polishers, they've got all these wet polishers, and people are doing it correctly. Now, if I walk into these cheapest chuck on the block kind of place, they're cutting it, but they're polishing it all dry. Now, when these fabricators show up to cut out a cook or a sink or anything else, I'm seeing clouds of dust. And those are the problems right there. So that's what's happening. And so really, unfortunately, what you're going to see is you're going to see these people that were either not trained or lazy or don't care take a complete product that is affordable, probably one of the most affordable countertop products out there, and they're going to sit there and take it off the market. For this, I'm going to throw this right back on the fabrication people out there that aren't doing it right. And they are the ones that I'm going to put the blame on for creating a situation where they're putting their workers in some extreme harm. And there are, like I said, thousands of probably of great fabricators out there that really care for their employees and their people around them. And we're seeing this take this industry down in Australia. And as we know, if it happens Australia, what's next? California. 
And then when California happens, then all of a sudden we're seeing the EPA get involved or uh, OSHA, and all of a sudden we've got bigger issues. So those are the things that we're starting to see now with this. And that becomes a major, major problem. So I'll be the first to say we've got to have worker safety, but let's not blame the product. Let's blame the companies that are out there fabricating. And why don't we go through and and inspect them, make sure they're doing things correctly. Let's see if we can protect those workers so everybody can have some affordable countertops here because it's a very inexpensive option. So it's something to really think about. And those best practices are out there. People have been following it for years, but we just need to be able to figure it out because I tell you what, some of these people out there are doing a really horrible job of doing this. Now, here's the thing. Now, let's get into the details here. We're going to have to go out to break here in a minute. But I want to talk about here, there's a lot of other countertop options as well. Now, if they end up doing banning, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what I'm worried about here is that some of these best practices and stuff aren't being followed. And the reason why they're targeting these quartz countertops is a great example, is that they are about now 85 to 95% silica dust. So when they're cutting it, you are just nailing it right into somebody's lungs. Now, if you are cutting many of the granites, you're only talking about 15 or 20%. So we're talking about how that's really pushing in a huge, huge area of dust into people's lungs. So that dust is going to be much more hazardous to their health. And that's a really big deal. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about what's going on here and some of the alternatives as well as some of the differences between where materials are coming from. And we'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, it's Eric G from Around the House Show. We'd really appreciate your help with some awesome five-star reviews on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you tune into your podcast. Big thanks, everyone, and a shout-out to our dedicated listeners of Around the House. Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we hope to get the most out of your home through information and education. Hey, if you want to find out more about us, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and you can find out more about the show there, including all of my TV clips and videos that I've been doing. We have been doing a ton of stuff for the television show and we do, uh, gee, six or seven segments a week and we are coming up on our one year anniversary. So you do that times 52 weeks. And guess what? We got a lot of videos sitting over there and you could find that easiest place is just to head over to around the house online.com and you can see the videos there. And of course, then you can just head over to a, our playlist basically, and you can find it all there. And we've got them in two different spots, but you'll find out if you go to around the house online.com as well as uh, the phone numbers over on the website as well. But if you do need to get a hold of us, you have a home improvement question, 833-239-4144. 
That's 833-239-4144. Like I said, I'm still playing catch up from this last week because thanks to all you calling in, but we have been jammed here with bad weather and I have got internet back up so we can start addressing all of these. So if I haven't called you back yet, stay tuned. I will be doing that shortly. Hopefully by the time this airs, I've gotten back a hold of everyone. Now we've been talking about the problem out there in the quartz countertop industry and it's getting banned in Australia. And so that has become a big deal. And some of the part of the deal that we're running into here and is workers of course, getting hurt like we were talking about with silicosis. But the problem they're running into is that they're going after engineered stone, which is typically 90% or higher of silica compared to, geez, even some of the stuff that's jam-packed with it is 45% or less. And then you're dealing with some of the sintered or the what they call the slab porcelain, that's down in the under 20% in many cases. I don't know if I haven't seen any studies where it's higher than that. If there is, please send it over because I haven't seen it. But really, this is where the issues are coming. And unfortunately, the quartz is one of the least expensive. Now, some of the issues that I do have with quartz, and a lot of it is because is, is some of the imports that are coming into the US that are the, the knockoff ones, shall we say. And so what we're seeing is we've got all the different great brands out there. And I'm not going to go through and name them, on, name them off because this is not a commercial for that. But they're all the brands that you see out there. Now, when it gets a little sketchy is when you're seeing the stuff that's getting imported in. Maybe it's a house brand for a company. They've named it their own. Or it's some of the brands that are coming in out of Southeast Asia. And I have no problem with materials coming out of there. Would I prefer to be... Made here in the United States? Hell yeah, absolutely. But the problem that we're seeing is the stuff that's coming out over there is we don't really have a great source of where all of the raw materials are coming from. And the problem that you see when you're building things out of an area that we don't have control of is you don't know what's going on where that stuff's coming from. Was this a toxic waste dump that... Now they're pulling the silica out of that to put into that. All the minerals to go into that quartz countertop. Those are concerns of mine. When you have a U.S. company, you have a much better chance of them dialing in and having a very consistent and clean stream of materials coming in. So be careful when you're ordering stuff and you're like, ah, it's 10% cheaper. I'm going to take the 10%. One, it, it's not going to be the same quality as what you And two, you just don't know what's going into that. Now, one thing that I want to make sure and talk about here is that all quartz countertops are not the same. Now, you're seeing stuff with high material content, you know, where it's got very minimal binders in it. That's usually a higher grade product. But when you start to get into the budget brand stuff, that's where I start getting worried about it because there's materials that are going in there. One, you don't know what it is. Two, they've got lower quality binders. It's like a low quality epoxy, shall we say. And this really isn't the epoxy that they're using, but the materials that they use to bind it together, if it's got more plastic in it, basically, that's a lower quality product. And it's going to be more susceptible to heat and all the other things that we see. So these are things that I really want you to be careful with. I am not a big fan of these 
low-end imported stones like that or fake stones. And the same reason is why I don't like the stones, the countertops coming out over there as well. You just don't know what's going on. Now, there was this huge battle a number of years ago when quartz first came out that quartz, some of the quartz companies started to spread rumors in the media. And I'm not going to name names here because I don't want to get drug into some legal thing. But basically, there was a whole news story that went out and hit the newswire saying, hey, there is radon in granite by quartz. And I thought it was a pretty low blow at the time. I thought, wow, that was that's not cool because there's not really any science that stands behind that. And if radon was coming in, it would be so tiny, it would just not be an issue. What would be a bigger issue would be chemicals that were maybe soaked into that granite, something like that I'd be more concerned about. But really, that was just a marketing ploy to get some bad news for the granite industry. And ironically, this is what's coming back. Now, if I was a quartz manufacturer, how I would do that in the United States is I would say, I'm only going to sell this to my certified installers as of June 15th or something. Name a date. I don't care. And then what I would do is I would make sure that they're all using the best practices to do it. And I'd have those reps popping in, popping out. And I would want to see pictures of the shop. I want to make sure that everybody is a quote unquote certified installer. So they're not hurting or even worse, killing workers. And if those reps went around and dealt with those, I think we could nip this in the bud pretty quickly. And the courts would be an option for people out there. Now, I'm seeing, you know, when I dug deeper into this subject, when we're talking with people like, I'm not going to name names on this, but I just wanted to, I, I talked into a bunch of industry experts and we'll leave it at that because they're attached to companies that I just, I don't want to be naming names here because it doesn't help the story and I don't want to tie them into this subject. But talking to people that I know, they were saying that in Australia, some of the side story is what happens when people want to get rid of those quartz countertops they might have to go in and abate those, which I think is excessive because if you break it, it just snaps. It's not like it's this big dust cloud. It's not like it's asbestos with in drywall dust that you're sanding or something crazy like that. This is just a hard material that if it breaks, if they're doing demo day, it's not that big a deal. Does it need to be abated in my mind? No. The other issue that we see with people with silicosis, and we'll talk about this coming up into the next hour here. We're not going to do the whole show on this, but we're seeing issues out there. You're going to see this now with construction workers that are doing earthquake retrofits. They've had for a number of years now rules for drilling into concrete because concrete has it too. Granite has it too. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the best ways to handle this so you can do this safely just as soon as around the house returns. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your house through uh, information and education. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to track me down, give us a call at 833-239-4144. That's 833-239-4144. Appreciate all of you listening on the talk media network out there. We are having a great time bringing this show to you, and we got some great stuff coming up ahead. You just hold on to your seat. If you want to track me down, give us a call at 8. If you want to track me down, give us a call at 833-239-4144. That's 833-239-4144. Now, we've been talking today about uh, the quartz countertop ban that's coming to Australia. And is this really going to be the next asbestos? And I wanted to go back here, if you're just joining us, to really where this comes from. So, silicosis and... This has been seen for a number of years. This isn't something new. And it's something that you really saw change in concrete workers a number of years ago. People that are out there drilling, fastening, and cutting concrete. I don't know about you, but I can't tell you how many times in the last couple of years I've been driving down the road. I'm cruising through a construction project. And there's somebody there with a hot saw cutting through into a sidewalk or a curb. And there is dust everywhere. That dust everywhere, that is one big fat OSHA violation. That is something that if there was somebody driving by, they'd be over there getting the name, job site information. There'd be a fine coming that way in many instances because you can't do that anymore. And that's a reason why a lot of these saws now come up with water attachments to them. So you can keep the water on it. One, it keeps the blade last longer. But two, it controls that. And so you're seeing that. Now, if you're going to be working this, and this is something you can, do, you can get a lot of silica dust in you from just drilling into concrete. And yes, I know there's people out there going, oh, it's beach sand, who cares? I get that. But there's people dying. There's workers dying. And it's documented. There is no debate that this is killing people. And it's something that I want you as a homeowner, if you've already got some lung issues, or if you're somebody out there working in the trades, there's tens of thousands of you listen to this on the radio that are tradespeople out there. So I want you to know that you should be asking questions about this to make sure you're safe. Now, a number of years ago, five, six, seven, eight years ago, you started to see the tool companies dive into this. Vacuum attachments for their SDS drills, vacuum attachments for concrete grinders, going into HEPAVACs. And there's all these things that came out of that whole table one, which we're not going to dive into that because it's super boring radio, but we're going to talk about that at some other time when I can figure out how to make that interesting. But here's the thing. This is one of those things that if you're drilling into concrete, maybe you're putting up a basketball hoop, just get some water, get a hose over there, keep it wet. If you're cutting a hole in concrete to, to put a footing in, Got that rental tool? Hook the hose up to it. If you're drilling a hole in your countertop to put a soap dispenser or garbage disposal or a, a glass rinser, just get it wet. Keep it wet. Make your tool last longer that you're cutting with, and you're not going to have to worry about that. It's the dust that gets you. So that's the thing I want you to really pay attention to because those are the, those are the things that can really get you in trouble. Now, I think we're going to see coming out, we're going to see, you know, some of the people you really worry about in this industry. For instance, people that work for foundation companies, 
many times those employers will send those kids down there, male, female, down into the crawl space, and they're attaching that foundation to the footing, the basic or the footings to the posts, to the sill plates, all that stuff. And they're having to put in expansion bolts or bolt in an epoxy bolt in, depending on what the engineer said. They're having to bolt this stuff. So they're down there drilling 40, 50 holes. I tell you what, there's a lot of people down there when no one's looking, they're drilling away. And it's uncomfortable in a crawl space to wear a respirator. It's uncomfortable and hard to drag a hose from a vacuum system all the way over there, keep it hooked up to the saw or the drill or whatever. Those are the people I'm the most concerned about. I get it with the, con- with the countertop workers. But this is where we're going to start to see that. So, again, if you've got friends, family, spouses, anybody out there, just make sure they're safe. Make sure they're operating it correctly. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about here, this is an important one. If you have hired a countertop company to come in and do your fabrication, and you see them out in your driveway, your back porch, and they're dry cutting that slab, tell them to stop. Get on the phone. That shouldn't be happening. They should be out there using water. And because here's what happens when you do a countertop, for instance, many times, because let's say you're putting in a double sink, double bowl sink, most common thing in kitchens today, or a big single sink, doesn't matter. What they will do is they will cut out most of that sink. But they'll leave a few tabs on there because that will actually make that stronger right there. Because you don't want that little front and the little back to break when they carry that in there. So they'll leave the piece in there, set it in place, or they'll cut it out in the field before they carry it in. So the problem that you run into with that, when they do that, is if they're not out there cutting it with water, that's where the problem is. And then all of a sudden you got that silica dust. Maybe it's in your grass. Maybe it's on your plants. Maybe it's around there. That stuff goes everywhere. Same happens with people out there that are repointing chimneys, that kind of stuff. They need to be using vacuums. They need to be doing all that stuff. So if they're up there with a grinding wheel, there better be a dust attachment to it with a HEPA vac on the other side. Then you've got something that's going to be healthy for you and everybody else. I know people that have gone out of town and said, hey, I'm out of town. I've got this mason coming by. And they came in, ground out all the stuff, repointed the whole chimney out of the 1930s house. They got back Sunday night. looks good because, oh, man, there's a lot of dust everywhere. What's going on? They weren't there to see it, nor did they have a camera system to see. Monday morning, OSHA inspector comes up, starts looking around, going, who did the work here? Because there's a lot of dust. Now, they couldn't find them because they weren't there during that time. But... If they had seen it, that would have been a whole job site stop and a whole big mess. Here's the thing I want to talk about here at the end of this one here, this segment and going into the next one. What are some better materials if it's a concern for you? Now, it's only a concern for me. This is up to everybody. If I've got a bad installer. Don't you're not going to have any risk in your house that I've ever seen. There's not a study that shows that I've looked. That says you have any risk of this being in your house. You're not grinding on it. You're not cutting it. You're not doing any of those things. So that's what I'm worried about with all of that. So make sure that you've got that. But you've got some other choices out there. 
The other choices you have out there is real stone. Granite, that's going to be under 45%. I would stay away from quartzite, which is different than quartz. Quartzite is a natural stone. That's one that's high in silica dust. The sintered or porcelain slab, I think, is a great option. That's down in the low under 20% silica dust. So these are all great products out there that you can use and are very durable and will last a heck of a long time, just like the other materials. I put in the porcelain slab porcelain. I put in the DuPont stuff. And I tell you what, I love that stuff. It has performed. It has taken everything we've thrown at it. I even dropped a beam when I was setting it on my kitchen outside, in my outdoor kitchen. Dropped it off my shoulder, knocked me off the ladder, landed on the countertop, didn't break it. That's pretty solid. And if it'll take that abuse, it's going to take anything you can throw at it, which I like. If you want to track me down, give us a call at 833-239-4144. That's 833-239-4144. All right, guys, we'll wrap this up when we come back. When Around the House returns, don't go anywhere. show this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education thanks for joining me today if you want to find out more about us head over to aroundthehouseonline.com we were just talking about the potential ban of quartz countertops in the u.s and we've hit that and talked a little bit more about it than i probably needed to but i wanted to see if i could get you out as much information as possible and now next up here in the show i wanted to talk a lot about in this last segment of this hour to make sure that we've got you covered when it comes to home inspections. And this can be the Wild West in some areas and pretty dialed in others. Now, home inspections, what I'm talking about are people that are out there inspecting that home prior to you purchasing it. And this is where you can run into problems. And we're going to have a guest on later on this month to talk in more detail about this. But for everybody out there that's maybe thinking about buying a house or you're working on it, Maybe interest rates are starting to get a little bit better. Let's talk about that for a minute because there's a lot of weight that people put on the home inspector. And unfortunately, these are people as good as they are that don't have x-ray vision. So let's talk about this for a minute. Here are my best practices when you're buying a house and you're thinking about doing it and you want to go through the home inspection. This is what I want to see you do. And this is something that you as the homeowner, especially if you're a little bit handy, should be involved in. So first off, order your house inspection. Make sure you talk to your realtor. I don't want the one that's going to give the glaze over that the realtor likes that, ah, it's good, beautiful, little maintenance issues, don't worry about it. I want to make sure you got somebody good coming out there. Now, here's the problem with good. There are states that have licensing programs where they have to take classes and education. There are states that any fool can be a home inspector. And 
And I want you to figure out before you go through this process, which, where you live and what the rules are. Because here's the thing, in most, if not all cases, if you're paying a home inspector 600 bucks to come out and do an inspection, what's their liability? 600 bucks. There's not much there. And usually those contracts, there is nothing you can go after on that. And if you have a big problem that gets missed, guess what? That can be a problem. So here's what I would recommend through your inspection process. If you are worried about these things, then I would make sure and go this way about it. So what I would do, call in your home inspector, have them do their thing. See if you can get that house for a day to have a home inspection done. Then I would call in these other people. I would make sure you bring in, and you're going to have to pay these people. This is not a free inspection, but find out what it's going to cost for them to come out. I would have that home inspector come out. I would have an HVAC person come out that you trust and take a look at it. I would have a roofing company that does repairs come out and take a look at it. I want them to get under the hood on this thing deep. I also want to make sure that if you have a foundation issue, any kind of a crack, older house, I would not mind having a foundation company come out and give an inspection as well. If there is one single crack, I would bring an inspection, have an inspection done by a foundation company and see what happens. That way you know what's going on and you get a good idea. Because here's what it comes down to. When you're looking at a house, what are some of the biggest ticket items? A brand new roof, new HVAC system, and dealing with water in a basement, water in a crawl space, or a damaged foundation. Those are three of the big ones right there. Now, I would lean on your home inspector to make sure to go around and double check the doors and windows and drains and all that stuff. In my area, and this is part of the thing I want you to understand, some states, some areas, some wherever you're at will require a pest inspection done. That's another one that I would have done. Make sure that you don't have any other issues. And then if you're worried about an old home, if you've, this house is built over 30 years ago, would not be bad to have a sewer line inspection if it's not included in your deal. Like in my state, a sewer inspection is part of, it's required for the bank. That's part of the process. You always have a sewer inspection. Just as in my area, you have to have a radon inspection as well. So I would check all of those things, make sure you got it way dialed in, and you're going to be good to go. But here is the bad part. There is limited liability for any of these people. If you bring in a pest inspector to come in, they look around, I don't see anything. Two years later, you're getting ready to do a remodel and somebody goes, gee, did you see that crawl space with all that termite damage? You might get 600 bucks out of them. You might get 200 bucks out of them, but you're not going to get them to fix it. So that's where the issue rises. You can't fully lean on these people. They're going to give you their best professional opinion, and that is not always foolproof. 
None of these people are going to be opening up walls and taking a look inside. So they have no idea what's going inside those walls. They walk into a house, they're there for a couple hours, and they're going to give you your best bet. So the issue is, if you have an older house, and I'm talking built before 2000, the older the house, the higher the risk. There's more risk because of building the way they built the homes, the way they we have more years of chance of termite infestations. Building science has come a long way over the last 20 years. It sure caused some problems early on, but they've got it dialed in. But these are all things that I want to make sure that you understand. And quite frankly, you can't blame the inspector on it. They missed something. And I completely understand it could be a $20,000 hit for you. But that's why I want to have other professionals to come in. Double check that before you do it. And then while you're at it, while these people are working, just make sure you contact your building department wherever you are, and check the square footage of the building compared to what's on the listing. If you are a a year-long listener, if you've been listening to this show for a couple decades, you've heard me preach that before. But so many times, people will enclose in a porch, finish a basement, do an attic, convert into living space. And they're saying, hey, we're selling you a 1,700-square-foot house. But guess what? The building department, who's the only official person of how many square feet you have in that house, says you have 1,000 square feet. You just paid for 700 square feet you didn't get. And that's where that gets expensive. And if you're at three, four, five hundred bucks a square foot on an expensive house, you're getting taken to the cleaners and so is your bank. If someone didn't pull a permit on this, the building department doesn't know about it. If the building department doesn't know about it, that space doesn't exist. Because if you go pull a permit to do a remodel in one of those spaces, they're going to go, hey, you got to bring that up to 2024 building code because nobody's done that before. This is a brand new look. And if that's a second story where somebody put in, took an attic and made it into a bedroom or a master bedroom and a bathroom or a finished basement with a nice cool area and you pull a permit to do something right down there, unknowing... This could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars because I've seen it myself. I've seen it happen. So do your due diligence with that. But when you lean on that inspector, make sure that you realize their liability. And I'm not a lawyer, not pretending to play one on TV either. But if you read through the fine print, they tell you what their liability is. That's where you're going to get burned. And I don't want to see that happen to you or anybody else. So make sure those things are followed and you're going to be okay. Cracks in a foundation are not a big deal if they're dealt with correctly. These are all things that can happen. But the problem is where it gets expensive is if all of a sudden you realize something has been settling. So if you've got multiple cracks, maybe that's where you bring in the structural engineer before during your inspection period to make sure they've got it dialed in. That way, you know that I don't have to go in and put helical piers in and support part of the house at 2000 bucks a pop or whatever it costs in your area. I don't want to see you get stuck with a $30,000 foundation bill when you just bought your dream home and somebody missed it. So that's the big part. Just realize how well you can push this all together. Find your dream home and get it. I just don't want to see you get burned by getting the wrong people or not enough people out there. 
All right, everybody, I got to run. I hear the music in the background. It is time to go. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. If you want to see us, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Some of you will catch Hour 2 on the radio coming up. And if not, you can always catch it on the podcast player, on any podcast player. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. We'll see you next time. Come on. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.